Hello and a warm welcome to another episode. My guest today is Patrick Trimpey, former Chief Sales Officer at Lari, advisor and investor, and now Chief Sales Officer at Unique. Together we dig deep into sales qualification processes and I learned what are the benefits if you use the same system also for expansion. So, welcome again and hello, Patrick. Hi, Björn. Uh, happy to be here today and uh, looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, so it's... Um You were on the top, top of my list uh, when it comes to sales leaders in, in the DAF region. And today we will have a deep dive in qualification and sales process. And not just for new customers, but also for, for the expansion part as well. So I'm super, super happy that you, we managed to find a common time slot together. Same, Björn. Uh, thanks for the kind words. And uh, I'd say let's dive in. All right. So... When we, we discuss the sales process, so what's your, and I know it's a broad question, but let's, uh, let's start with this. So what is your definition of a sales process and or how did you apply it at Unique at the moment? There are actually several common methodologies how to craft a sales process. And uh, I'm a fan of a combination or combinations. And so... One of the things I realized is in the sales process, so you can either, you know, define the steps that needs to take until the, the sales process is basically inherently the steps that you need to take to get to a contract signed, right? From prospecting to uh, getting the contract signed. And you have as a sales leader, you need to define the steps. Now you can do it in several ways. You can With transaction and more transactional sales, uh, it also works with enterprise sales, actually, if you manage to get through it, is define meeting types. So you say, look, the first meeting that usually happens is a discovery call. After the discovery call, we have a demo call. After the demo call, there's usually a workshop. And after the workshop, we have a proposal meeting where we uh, show what we propose based on the results from the workshop. Then we have an economic buyer decision meeting And then we have the negotiation and the contract signature in the end. So you can define it like this. But what helps more also for, for your sales team, I realized is what are the decisions that need to happen in, these, uh, in this process? So discovery meeting, what, are, what decisions need to be taken? I mean, a simple one, yeah, they, uh, both parties agree that there is use cases that are interesting to spend more time on, right? So they, they decide to look into a solution uh, surface, on, on the surface, not deep dive, but look on the surface on the solution. So that's the first one. After yep. the demo, they both need, to, we, we need to agree that the solution and the challenge, they exist. The solution is a good uh, solution so far from what we have seen for that challenge. And, you know, they want to progress now uh, to the next step. Basically, but you have to define the decisions that need to be taken um, over time. And, you know, sometimes it happens that decisions are actually it does happen that companies are faster. Maybe you have, I give you an example that happened uh, once in the last month uh, that a customer was like, yeah, I know exactly what use case we have. Uh, we were able to, uh, to, to get the business value in the first two meetings, discovery and demo. And so we decided not to do the workshop because the goal of the workshop is to define the, the use cases we want to follow and the business case 
of that use case, like the business value from that. That's what we extract in the yep. workshop because normally the steps before you have a vague idea and you have a you have a uh, you have a lot of options what to follow and customers get lost. But if you have a customer who's like, yeah, I know exactly what use case now is interesting uh, and uh, the solution is fine. And then you can move on to, to, you don't have to do the workshop, right? In this case, because the decision that needs to be taken in the workshop already happened. May jump in. This is, I think, a good one. I'm a, I'm a huge fan and I'm getting more and more kind of addictive in really fine-tuning this kind of qualification process. But there's no need to over-engineer it and or to, to have, if, if you have all the information already in, in one step further, like you were describing, we do not need a workshop, then it's fine as soon as you have all the data and the quality of an in-depth understanding. Exactly. exactly. And that's, that's also the, the difficulty sometimes with the team. What I realized is meeting types is something very easy to coach people on. You know, you have a discovery. I train people how to do the discovery meeting. I, we have a demo meeting. I yeah. train them exactly how to do the demo meeting. I, workshop i do mock-up workshops for two hours with my team so that they learn how to do workshops uh and then you know so and so uh, i I've, i can i can easily and for people it's easy to remember my sales team now they know okay after the workshop in the workshop actually i have to propose that as a next step i know okay next step is we Look internally, we craft a, a, the business case, like the final business case that we got today, and we craft an offering that we think is most suitable to what we do in the first step and show you the roadmap that we can go, right? So they know exactly what to do. They can always suggest the clients uh, this and this and that. And that really helps the sales team. The other way is a bit more difficult with the decisions, what decisions need to be taken. I feel like it's a bit more difficult, but I... I like the combination yeah. of that they understand both. But either way, I totally agree. So it has to be simple to follow because if you, I uh, call my guilt, uh, my, myself guilty in the past. So if you just um, defining them with, uh, so this is the number of MQL, this is the, the stage SQL and you, they are getting lost so easily. So what I doing is kind of the, what is the narrative? So what is the, either the decision, which is, Yeah, some, some will get it. I'm a big fan of what is the core purpose of this meeting and what should you get out of it. So I'm a big fan of uh, sugar. Um, so also uh, depends on the, on the stage and the, the company, but for a pharma client, this works super well. First meeting, it's more kind of an intro meeting is situation, urgency and gap. So do we, and I think you describe it as, is it the, the solution offering what we could do in terms of expectation and offering is this a map um, is this a match and i recently had a, a the technical co-founder within the sales meeting and he was super super happy to have this early on to see whether the interests are aligned so is this the expectation the the customer who is aiming for that solution do we have a proper chance to serve that especially when you are still kind of an early stage uh, startup so this is And everyone is getting it. So at the very, the first step, either you call it meeting or stage, we have an understanding that there is a somehow in kind of an urgency. So the necessity to act and is that gap of customer expectation, is this fitting to our use cases? Yes. 
Yeah, that's the that's the purpose of the first, I think, two times that uh, that you meet. I mean, ideally, you understand it already in the first meeting, when uh, you uh, yeah you get what the, the the challenges are or are not like random challenges. Whether the challenges you solve, they can solve as well. I mean, you know that as well, right? When you do outbound, we all unique is 95% outbound. My life is 99% outbound. I think I got seven. Actually, that's true. I got seven. Personally, I mean, now I don't get the inbound leads anymore anyway, but I personally got like seven inbound leads in my career. So mostly outbound. Wow. I mean, the first meeting, you have to, you, you have to find a match quickly um, if you get like 30 minutes. Or in Switzerland, in Europe, it's easy to get an hour still, then you can combine. Um, but you have to find a match quickly on the on the challenge. So when it comes to um, so when you define the structure um, and what are the the key questions to be answered and or um, how rigid are you in terms of this has to be documented in the CRM? Without that, you cannot go any further. How rigid are you? I mean, I'm rigid on certain things, obviously, but not. Honestly, not really in sales. I mean, Salesforce, I'm rigid on that the, the stage is right, that it's, uh, you know, we have like best case and commit uh, uh, in order to better predict what uh, in, what's in the forecast. Um, and any kind of data, I'm, I don't, but I'm in a, in, a, in a lucky position here because we use our own technology, right? And in our own technology, my te the technology shows how Uh, how healthy the accounts are uh, based on whether there was a contact in the last 15, 14 days, how many contacts there were in the last 30 days, uh, is there an economic buyer defined, do we have a champion defined, and so on. So I have, uh, based on our methodology, and we use some, you, you meant sugar, uh, we use some version of Medic, uh, not exactly Medic, um, but some version of it, I think there. Uh, yeah, I found out that I mean, Medic and Sugar, they're there, and and ever, actually, most of the um, methodologies there are, they're always about pain, need, uh, or problem, right? That's that's always one aspect uh, of the yeah. methodology. The next next one is the impact, that you know what happens if they don't solve it, that you have a business case basically. So that's the second one. Almost every methodology has a has a has a business case. Almost yep. every methodology stresses out to who you talk, like to have a champion, to have an economic buyer, is that just a coach, influencer, whatever. So they stress out that you understand to who you talk. That's an important one. And the fourth one I figured is almost always there is like timeline process. It's you can exactly. combine next the two. steps. And How does the process fully look like until the decision? Maybe there is even a timeline there. Yes, in outbound sales, rarely there is a timeline. You have to build it with the customer. You have to uh, uncover the urgency. We both know creating is not possible, but uncovering urgency. And if you uncover it well, then they want to be fast. I mean, that's, that's on you as a salesperson. Adding to that, what I learned is because mutual action plan, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of mutual action plans. If you, and they come often more or less automatically if you have done everything else beforehand. So if we, you have this alignment, okay, we are a good, we are a good fit for the solution. There is definitely some some impact. Uh, this is this is clear. 
you will find people who are taking responsibility for legal, for the buying process, to, to get the budget, etc. But to really make it explicit is, for me, it was a true game changer. It is a lot for a lot of other clients and startups to really have this written on a piece. It's just one page, but this is super powerful. Maybe I have a question here for you, Per. But what I struggled with, I mean, I, I do like the, the action plans as well. But what I struggled with for quite some time is, I mean, okay, at first you have to bring it in in the right time. Not too late, not too early is not possible either. You are, if you have an outbound yeah. sales process and you bring it in in the demo, it's uh, unlikely going to, uh, to, to happen. Of course, you can test your champion if that's already a champion, but in a, in a, in a sales motion, you might not. You might have to do discovery demo a few times. That's obviously what's in an enterprise yeah. uh, motion is important. Uh, you can't, very often it's not discovery demo workshop, it's often discovery demo, discovery, demo, 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 that discovery and, and so on. So you have uh, several times uh, that and you have to find the right time to bring it in. I think the, probably the best time is if you find a champion, a real champion and you feel confident to, to uh, to go in with a mutual action plan. But the struggle that I saw is that, because you have to kind of do it with the champion, but the thing is, especially in the paper process afterwards, where legal is involved, compliance involved, uh, where uh, security is involved, we have actually five departments that are involved uh, in the paper process. And neither I nor the champion, we can hold these people really accountable to, uh, to go for a certain time. At least that was my struggle. So I had a mutual action plan with my champion, but then we planned, okay, in, in two weeks, we get the answer from legal. It took us three weeks, you know, or four weeks because they have other stuff to do. So that's something, maybe you have actually a solution to that, but that's something I struggled with, um, how to hold other people accountable that, yeah, the timeline is, uh, is connected to. So A, you are not alone. So I, I hear it quite often, especially if you just do it with the with the champion. So I, that's why I like uh, to have all stakeholders. And of course, it depends on, on product and, and situation. But for example, I have um, one client who is trying to scope every stakeholder, even kind of legal, and get them invited for, we call it, the solution validation um, stage or meeting. And there we loop in all people which will be part of the process. And we say, okay, we just need you five minutes to, to just say hello. And if you would like to stay, you, you are welcome to stay. But then it's not just the champion who is asking around. So you have already identified them. Mm. You ideally know them. And then it's at least it's, there's no, it's not a safe thing, but it helps that it's at least one, one attempt to, to yeah. tackle that. Yes, but other than that, I think, I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a good means to have a bit more control in the sales cycle. Yeah, it's a project management job when it, com yeah. when it comes to that. And the other thing um, I, I like a lot is kind of to, again, if you have kind of not just the, uh, the champion as stakeholder, that you try to map out the mutual action plan because at the very end, it's always the same more or less. It's kind of... 
who's signing off the the final contract so who's providing the budget who's signing uh, is there illegal to be involved what is about a procurement and maybe some some paperwork which is partly combined so we map out this as these are the four five main steps and then we are asking around and say okay we believe that we are the perfect fit everything is done already kind of so who's doing what until when and it sounds silly and simple but a you will get the instant feedback if something is kind of blocking and or the champion is not as strong as you know if on, and on the flip side, it's so powerful because I had recently one client. He and all Sagos say, okay, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And then it was kind of, that was yeah. smooth. And it was so fun. So talking about sales process methodology, I think what we discussed before, what's important is that when the first deal is signed, I mean, very often there's a, especially in our case or in, in a startup case, you have high upside potential you tend to sell lower price deals and have a huge upside potential um, so how do you do that after the signature uh, okay so after the initial exactly. sales you mean so how do you optimize onboarding yes. success okay mm -hmm. let's let's dive uh, into this i mean I have never seen a customer success organization that can sell. Huh? I think we both haven't or that uh, is specialized in continuing to sell. Uh, you said something interesting uh, before, Bjorn. Uh, they are inherently different in what they need to achieve, I guess, maybe. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I would double down on, on that because I, for me, there are two entirely different roles and it's absolutely fine. So... One thing is to have the customer-facing um, perspective, to please the customer, to have a great onboarding experience, to make sure that the product is used correctly, that you find all the little tweaks to facilitate or continue the process you identified in the sales process. So this is kind of a super great skill. And I had one customer success manager, I asked him uh, back then and said, okay, now I would like to, to go more into expansion or growth. And he said, as soon as we have to talk about money, I'm out because I want to, I want to remain the good guy. And he was a great guy for the first part. So I would strongly recommend to split these rules as fast as possible um, to really have these um, yeah, mentalities represented. I agree. Yes, I think so. And I would, based on the experience I had, I would uh, farmer salespeople, let's call them, or in, a, in, in our environment, when it's about huge upside deals, it's also still kind of a hunter role. It's a bit of a mix, uh, actually. That's why in our case, by the way, we, so after the initial sell, 75 to 150K per year, we uh, keep salespeople in the deal for a year and they, are, they get commission for that first year get as much as quickly as possible an upsell done uh, to like half a million or something. That's the, the, the minimum potential right. we see. Um, so we keep them incentivized I'm, and uh, yeah. How do you make sure that the customer success is still in charge and that sales is not bothering them too much or interfering with the customer? Usually you have quite naturally, so the, the customer success or the project project manager, project manager, customer success. I mean, there are different roles uh, in a customer success 
role, but uh, let's call like the first the person who takes over the project. Usually in the first three to six months, um, it's anyway by design the customer success manager who will lead that project basically. Uh, but they also, as any project manager, they are the leaders in these first uh, six months. And they have to bring in salespeople, uh, like project managers do, you know, f especially for the communication to the C-level or the, the, the economic buyer. Because usually project managers or customer success people, they get lost uh, in their nitty-gritty of the daily job, like in the operational job, they only communicate with their equals, like the other project managers from their side. They always forget to connect to the economic buyer from time to time, see, hey, or look, we are achieving the results. How is it look? does it look like? Do we get the business case? Can we realize the business case? And uh, is the money for next year safe? And you have to do it immediately basically so the salesperson Absolutely. makes sure from day one that they are that they are going to be in the budget for next year because for half a million you have to be in the budget you have to go through the normal budget process and that's salespeople know yes. that process uh, project managers don't necessarily know um, so most of the time it's like a so, level below and above the line the customer success person is usually below the line salesperson above the line and that's where the communication is also flowing okay do you then practically speaking do you have then customer impact calls together with sales and customer success on a quarterly basis or how do you manage this yes we do we also have I mean, we have an additional one. We have uh, executive sponsorship at Unique because we have a few very, very important customers that we want to upsell. So we have a salesperson in there who is managing the whole, also paper stuff, uh, who is managing the mostly the above-the-line communication, but the executive sponsor is also keeping the connection uh, on, this, on the same level. And then we have the project manager. We have a weekly update meeting on this, actually, because they are quite... They are quite okay. important for us. So we have weekly update right. meetings so in every yeah. uh, of these top 10 accounts, you know, Pikte, LGT, uh, Suica, all the important uh, mobiliar and clients we, we have in Switzerland. Um, so we have, yeah, that's how we keep, and the project manager is leading this meeting, uh, giving an update on their side, what is going on. Uh, I mean, everybody is giving an update uh, on their side and what has to be done. And then closing the loop to the sales process. I, I would assume that you, when it comes then as kind of creating upsell, cross-sell uh, renewal opportunities, you're following the same methodology. Yes. And that is probably the biggest reason why uh, the upselling, uh, like the farmer salespeople, also are most of the time part of the sales organizations i haven't i have seen it differently but it didn't really work and it has been changed quickly again that these that they are part of the sales organization so that the whole organization is using uh, the same methodology uh, with the customers because then you have a if you have a handover between a hunter salesperson to the farmer salesperson and to the customer success manager everybody speaks the same language so you can say look uh, economic buyer that person champion that person this and this and this are the reasons the metric the business case is this uh the pain is this you know the decision process was like that 
That's exactly how you can think. And probably, ideally, you also know the decision process already for the big project. I mean, I usually know uh, yeah. that, you know, they tell us they, they, they don't yeah. buy if they can't buy the big thing. Nobody's uh, driving, okay, Lamborghini, maybe for fun for one day, but nobody's really testing uh, these fancy cars if you wouldn't be able to buy them. I mean, okay, for people who are fun, they might, they might do, but <laughs> buying is a bit different, I guess, in uh, uh, here. So you don't really test it. So they, they already know, they already, they always want to know what's his cost afterwards. And then you can also figure out how this uh, process looks like. So yeah, you speak the same language. Very important. Handover is very easy and clear. So, to, because post-purchase um, development is, a, I think, more than ever, it's, I think it's one of the most, not just trendy, but most important topics. And I really like that you are using the same system, that everyone is speaking the same language, whether it's a new client or kind of an existing client. So, um, yeah, I think this is uh, the perfect closing remark. Um, is there any anything else to add, um, bearing in mind that that was already super valuable and insightful, Patrick? Yeah. Now, last thing about methodologies, right? Find you you have to find the right methodology for your business. We mentioned a few, like the four important ones that we mentioned. They're always in there. Always choose those four. You always need them: pain, impact, um, persona and the process that's the probably what is required in medic there's also competition for instance we don't use it because in the market we are at the moment we don't really have competition so it's not a big factor for us we don't need to ask in the first meeting hey who else are you looking at because <laughs> they can't look at anybody else at the moment it's not really an option so we took this out but maybe this is important okay. for you um, and for many right so uh, choose the variables that you need for your business and uh, and really train everybody uh, with that and then you have good handovers from sdr to uh, upselling great what a what a closing remark i'm i'm still hesitant to add something because competition is for me another kind of uh, learning is if you define it as alternatives depending on what kind of product and service you're selling then it's super insightful about what is what are the options is it an internal solution is it a kind of mixing different tools together stay with direct competition indirect competition so there there is even if you uh, left it for for a good reason uh, competition can be uh, can be explored in multiple ways so this would be my humble That's add-on yeah. Yeah. all right so patrick thanks so much it was a short while and uh, always a pleasure having you around and Same to you. Let's talk Thanks, Bjorn. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao.